0: Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Metal Chat Podcast. My name is Melissa and I'm coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm here with my trusty co-host Maeve Kitty. This week we are going to look at the new Saxon album Carpe Diem. But before we do that, I have to acknowledge the day because the day is March 12th. And March 12th, for those of us who love Iron Maiden, is a happy day and a sad day. It's a happy day because it marks the anniversary of the birth of one Mr. Steve Harris. He 66 today but it is a sad day because it is this day in 2013 that we lost Clive Burr and yes he had been out of the band for well many 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 years but he is still loved and missed and of course He played drums on the first three Maiden albums, Drop Dead, Stone Cold Classics, as everybody knows. And if you want to hear me talk about Clive, you can check out Maiden A to Z. I was on a recent episode with those fine gentlemen over in Sweden. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. We talked about the song Invaders, and you can hear me gush about Clive. But before we get started with the matter at hand, which is Saxon, I want to reach out and thank everybody for the continued support it is much appreciated. This episode is a little bit of a rework because originally it was going to be done with a guest and then that didn't work out. So now I had to kind of try to figure out how I was just going to like just do this on my own. So I am just going to talk to you guys about this album, uh, Carpe Diem, and my thoughts on the matter. And with that, we are on to episode 31, Saxon Carpe Diem. You're listening to Metal Chat with Melissa on Podbean. So Saxon they are synonymous with the new wave of British heavy metal movement in the early 80s over in the UK but they actually predate that scene. They formed back in 77 a couple other bands that got together to form Saxon. Their first album dropped in 79 which makes them one of the first new album releases. They didn't get a lot of attention on that first album but then their subsequent two albums in 1980 kind of put them on the map and that's actually the first time that I saw them in September of 1980. They were over here in the U.S. supporting Rush on the Moving Pictures tour. I'd like to tell you all about this show, but honestly, I don't remember that much about it. I remember Rush. I know that we saw them. I just don't remember too much about them. I'm sorry to say that I don't. I wish I did. My friend did own a couple of their albums, so I was familiar with them anyway. And I had probably heard them on the Friday Night Rock show that I used to listen to before I moved to Florida but I just didn't necessarily make the connection between the songs I was listening to and who the exact bands were. But 1981, the album Dedham and Leather comes out, and that's kind of where they get everybody's attention. Of course, it has the title track, which is quite anthemic and is one of those uh, songs that gets everybody going, even to this day. They've been around a long time. They've had some lineup changes. Biff and Paul have been there, are pretty much the constants, although I will say that the lineup that they have now... They've had for the last nine albums. Uh, So these people have been around for a minute. It's not a new lineup. This is the 24th album that they've done. And I have to tell you that it is probably one of the best albums that they've ever done. In a long, long time. They've always quietly put out albums. Um, not really a lot of fanfare. Um, I've seen the tours. They've always been good. Obviously, everybody wants to hear the old stuff. The first few albums. By 1986, they got a little bit Neh. I kind of lost interest in them to be honest, but they've always uh kept plugging, doing their thing. And the albums that they've done recently in the last, in the last few years, the last nine albums with this lineup have been solid albums, but there has always been like a few songs that have been sort of, eh, you know, maybe filler or okay or whatever. This album, I have to tell you, every song is great. Every song I've listened To this album probably about 20 times over and over and over again and it is a really strong album that was delayed a little bit because of covid obviously and then they did that covers album which was not very good in my opinion so i was a little bit concerned when i listened to that album i was like oh i don't know what's going to happen with this album maybe they should just call it a day but i have been pleasantly surprised biff byford has a very unique voice He's not Bruce Dickinson, he's not Rob Halford, but he has a very strong and a very unique voice. And it still sounds great, and the guy's, I don't know, 70. And he's doing a great job. Also on this album, playing guitar, is Paul Quinn. He's been there from the start. And Doug Skerritt is also playing guitar. He's been there for a long time. Nibs Carter on bass, he's kind of the newest member of the band, but he's not that new because he's been with the band for, I don't know, like 25 years or something like that, 30 years. And then, of course, Nigel Glockler, who famously got into the band in 82, just to kind of be a placeholder. And then he ended up, staying with the band for a number of years and then I believe he left in 88 or 89 something like that and then of course he's returned a number of years ago he returned back to the band and he's fantastic he's one of my favorite heavy metal drummers and he's still got it I really think that Paul Quinn is an underrated guitarist uh he has some great riffs some great leads There's a a lot of great guitar work done on this album. There's 10 songs on this album. It clocks in at about 43 and change about 44 minutes, which for me is perfect. Not too long, not too short. I do have to say that I also very much like the packaging of this album. I can read the liner notes. The color is great. It, the font and the color and the size of the font is great. And it's a- easy for my poor blind eyes to see. And I would be remiss if I did not mention the fact that this is co-produced by Andy Sneap, which is probably why the guitars are up front, which I love. I think he does a great job producing this album. He co-produces it with Biff. The album opens with a slow build, uh, sort of get you in the mood which is something that they've done in the past on other albums. And then, of course, you get the drums. And then you get the Biff Yelp. Coming in. And he sounds great. And then the song kicks in. And I think this is a great song. This is the title track, Carpe Diem. It's just fast-paced. It's upbeat. It's catchy. The chorus is catchy. Everything about this song is great. I think it's going to translate really, really, really good live. I think it's a great album opener. I think the sequencing on this album is pretty good. I really, really, really like this song a lot. It's really catchy and memorable. That's the thing about this album is I think pretty much every single song on this album for me has been memorable. A melody that sticks in my head is a chorus that that I can remember. Yes, I have listened to it 20 times, but that being said, still, I think it's, um, it's a pretty catchy album. The next song is... Age of Steam. Steam. Here's the weird thing about this song, and maybe you guys can help me out. I cannot for the life of me figure out what the beginning of this song sounds like. It sounds like another song, not in a bad way, just reminds me of a song, I think from the 80s, not a Saxon song. I cannot put my finger on it and it's driving me nuts. So if anybody has any kind of idea what this song reminds you of, please reach out and let me know because it's driving me nuts trying to figure it out. The drums in this song are amazing. This is another great song. Again, it's upbeat. It's catchy. Great guitar work. The next song is The Pilgrimage. which is one of my favorite songs on the album. Kind of their epicy song, as epicy I guess, as it gets on this album, because it's, you know, it's only a 45-minute album. It's a great song. The only thing I don't really like is I think they say The Pilgrimage too many times. They could probably have edited it out there a little bit, but that's, uh, you know, something that we know our friends over at Iron Maiden are guilty of that as well. So it's just a kind of a nitpicky thing about for me. Uh, but it's not that big of a deal but man that song is great and there is just a great groove going on in this song it's just a fun song you can dance around to it's a lot of fun i really really like this song a lot damn busters might be my least favorite song on the album and i don't say that as it being a bad song it's just my least favorite song i mean can't all be tens can all be perfect. There always has to be a song that you like a little less than other songs. That's kind of how it works. And this for me is probably the song that I like the least. That being said, it's a great song. It's a fun song. It's very, very upbeat and catchy again. They do a really good job with that song as well. Then you get to Remember the Fallen. Which is another one of my absolute favorites on this album. Now we heard this song before because it was a single. I don't know what my cat is doing. Oh, she's on top of the refrigerator. So... What was i saying oh she distracts me my co-host has distracted me anyway i love this song and obviously this song has a little bit more meaning given what's going on in the world today although the song is about covid it can certainly be applied to the news of the day i'm back sorry about that now she's having a bite to eat where was i before i was so rudely interrupted oh yeah Remember the Fallen. Like I said, this is one of my favorite songs on the album. I love everything about this song. I think it's catchy. I think it's poignant. Whatever it's about, whether it's about COVID or it's about uh, what's going on in the world today, or it's about war in general and how much it sucks and what it does to people and to their lives for generations, whatever it's about, it's a very good song and it's a very heartfelt song. I like the song very, very much. And I think, again, I think it's going to go over really well live. (laughs) That's a snippet from Supernova, another great song, a heavy song. Sort of have thrashy elements to it. Just a banger of a tune. Another great song on this album. The, no one dare to hear the next song is Lady in Grey. And this is the slowest song on the album. And this is the other thing that I really like about this album is that most everything on this album is upbeat, is fast-paced. This is slowest song on the album, and it's not a ballad. There is piano in this song, which is interesting. And it's done nicely. It's done for effect. It absolutely works in this song. It's kind of a haunting song. Not doomy, but it's, you know, like I said, they've sort of slowed the pace down a little bit. But it's still catchy. Song number eight, they come right back at you with a banger. All for one. This is a fast-paced, fun song. Great guitar solo. This is a jamming, rocking tune. All for one. Number nine is Black is the Night. This is the thrash song on the album. There's been other thrash elements throughout the album, but this is the thrash song on the album. It has sort of a Metallica feel to it. There's a slow part in the middle that kicks in to to go back to that pounding thrash element They wrap things up with the song "Living on the Limit," a song you might be familiar with because it was an advanced single. This is a great song, too, and I love the message. It's a very positive, upbeat song, and I really like the way that it bookends the album. Carpe Diem sees the day, and at the end of the album, it's telling you to go for it, to go for your dreams, to not be afraid to take chances, to put yourself out there and and hope for the best and and work hard to achieve your goals. So I, I love the message. Plus, the song just rocks. It's just a jamming tune. So that's it. That's my analysis of Carpe Diem, the new album by Saxon. I cannot recommend this album enough. It's early in the year. So far I think this might be a contender for my list of album of the year. Please go check it out. I hope they tour this album. I look forward to seeing them. I also plan on future episodes exploring this band a little bit more and maybe turning you on to some of their earlier stuff. They're an interesting band because they are years of and even predate Iron Maiden and yet Iron Maiden just went above and beyond what Saxon has achieved for whatever reason whether it be the songs management lineup changes the way the wind blows but I would like to see them get a little bit more recognition than they have gotten and I think that this album can really do that for them because I really think it's a very very solid album and it is definitely the best that they put out in a really long time I would love to know what you think of this album and this podcast. And if you would like to get in touch with me, you may do so. I am on Twitter quite a bit, at Metal Chat Pod. Or you can email me at podcast at gmail.com. And before I leave you, I need to give a shout out to my friend Dave Taylor for the drop. I hope to have you on the show soon. Until next time, be well. Rhythm-